tactic. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang, it's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in hour number three here on Friday morning and uh, just got word from Marcus that uh, coming up this morning at uh, on South Coast now, Marcus and Chris right at the top of the show, they will have Fairhaven Select Board Chair Leon Corey on to talk about the migrants at the Seaport Inn. So he'll be here with you to talk about that and I'm sure they will take your phone calls during that segment as well. That'll be right at the top of South Coast now coming up in about an hour. Joining us though right now on the phone, we have New Bedford City Council President Linda Moran and Ward 3 Councillor Sean Oliver. Good morning, Councillors. How are you? Good morning, Tim. Morning, Tim. And uh, it's it's going to be a little bit of a wet one today, but that's all right. It's it still could be worse as long as that uh, white stuff isn't falling from the sky yet. Yeah, and it's going to be wet tomorrow too. And uh, the whalers are playing at home tomorrow, so I'm sure all us folks in the stands are going to get a little wet tomorrow. <laughs> you know what though? It'll be a good day for chowder. Nice warm chowder down at Chowderfest. So. That's true. That'll, that'll definitely warm things up, absolutely. No yeah. doubt. So uh, I want to ask you, Council President Moore, and I know that last night, um, it's something that we haven't really talked about here on, on WBSM, but I know last night that the, the council did recognize the passing of, of former city councilor Jim Sullivan as, uh, as part of the, um, the meeting last night. Yeah, um, as many of your listeners know, Jim served in the North End as the Ward 1 councilor for several terms uh, several years ago. Uh, Jim is a good man. Um, you know, uh, myself, when I was the Ward 1 counselor, he would call me from time to time to, you know, to give me the benefit of his experience and to uh, make sure that I was staying on the straight and narrow. And uh, it's just a shame. Um, Jim was in front of us, uh, Council Oliver, maybe six months ago. He was going to be appointed to the Council on Aging where he continued to serve the city. Unfortunately, he got ill and we... He asked us to postpone his appointment and was just really sad. Um, several of us attended the wake last night. It was well attended, as you would imagine. And uh, the city council and the city has lost a good man. And, and Councillor Oliver, I'm sure you're learning this too, that there there seems to be a camaraderie amongst, you know, the, the current councillors and the former councillors and an idea of kind of, you know, it is, it is kind of a group that is... Uh, probably the only ones that really understand what the job is all about is those who, who came before you. And I'm sure you've even heard from, from some who have reached out to you. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's more than just um, a job. It's a, a passion. Um, you know, I think that anybody who serves past, present, future um, definitely has um, something a little bit, you know, more, if you will, that we, we want better for our city. And so it's, it's, it's great to be able to, have um, folks like Councilor Sullivan that you can model some of your um, tenure with. Um, it's um, it's 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 unfortunate that um, he uh, became ill as he still wanted to serve um, the city in different capacities. Um, but um, you know, I I, I admire um, anybody 
um, that, um, that that serves, and, you know, my heart goes out to the soul of the family at this point. And Councillor Oliver, I know that you oftentimes talk to former Councillor George Smith, as do I, as another person who served a long time who oftentimes gives us the benefit of his experience. So, uh, ab- absolutely, uh, 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 George is uh, uh, another pr- uh, prime example of what it takes to be a counselor. And, um, you know, I, I talk to him as much as I can. And, um, you know, he's he's become ill in, in recent years, um, but still very active and, and very knowledgeable. Um, and, it's, and it's great to, to have him as a resource. And, and I'd like to consider him a, a very good friend, too. And, uh, and and I appreciate the wisdom that, you know, counselors, former counselors even call into these shows and offer to us as, as hosts yeah, and, we, and to the audience. Yeah, we hear Tom Kennedy oftentimes on the radio, and I actually call Tom from time to time on issues as well. So, yep, it's good. It, it's uh, But it is a family. I mean, I know people are going to call later on and laugh, but it really is a family. We spend a lot of time together. We We know each other's families and, you know, most of us work very well together, and most of us care about each other. And, um, you know, that's that's what makes the job easier because there are oftentimes, you know, you're being shot at from all different directions about things, and it's nice to know that you have the support of most of your colleagues. And one thing that has certainly been a topic of discussion this week, and uh, you had a very lively meeting about this earlier this week, is that's the, the nip bottle ban. And the council has come out against it, but Council President Morad, as we've learned, there's really not much that the council can do other than, you know, try to make a recommendation here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this is outside of our authority. Um, there were motions made. Um, first of all, it was a very well-attended meeting. Uh, there was only one person who... Uh, had the courage to stand up in in that room full of people who were opposed to the NIP ban and, you know, be in favor of the NIP ban. I've heard several callers, though, on a couple of your colleague shows call and express their support for the ban as well. But um, uh, it was a very well-attended meeting, and most of the people that made presentations were, you know, very professional and, you know, stated the facts. My colleagues, uh, Council Pereira, Council Gomes, and I, uh, we made motions to ask the licensing board uh, to, you know, either reconsider their vote until they could bring all parties to the to the table uh, to look at an alternative which would provide some income and some programs that would help with the litter concern that the administration has, and um, to extend the date of the ban if they weren't going to do anything until um, until next year in November to allow the retailers that currently have stockpiles of these nips, the opportunity to sell them and not have to dump them. And I thought, uh, I was going to say Council Oliver, I thought that that request to have it extended was was a fair fair thing, at least at the very least, you know, to be able to do that. What what were your thoughts on on the meeting and and the way that, um, the way it went down? Well, again, you know, uh, Council Morad, um, you know, expressed it pretty pretty well. You know, it was a well-attended meeting. Um, with a part of the community who's very knowledgeable in that particular, you know, um, industry. So they came with, you know, examples, uh, personal experiences, and just the institutional knowledge of, you know, the effect uh, not only on their business but on the community as a whole. So it was very good to have this type of meeting where, you know, they didn't have that forum at the licensing um, board meeting um, where the decision was ultimately rendered in such a short period of time. So, 
um, you know, to have that meeting was was great. To listen to the folks that are going to be directly affected by it and the industry that's going to be directly affected by it was absolutely, um, you know, a lot of knowledge that I'm, I'm sure most of my colleagues, you know, walked out of that room knowing a little bit more about the industry. Now, at the very least, these motions that we've put forward continues the conversation. Um, it it it, char- it strengthens the knowledge that you know, as the city council, we stand pretty much united on this. Um, and uh, which which sometimes, as you know, Tim is is a tough thing to do um, when you got have eleven people with eleven different um, you know backgrounds you know coming together on one particular item. Um, you know, and as we represent the the voting body of the city, um, it's 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 very knowledgeable. It's very great to have that. It's a, you know, but at the very least, I, I think any ban whatsoever in such a short period of time is is unrealistic. So at the very least, if there's, if there's anything that we can do, we can we can suggest um, you know lengthening that period so these folks can can recoup some of their money that they're out. I mean, we're looking at a situation, too, where I think you're hearing, and, and Council President Moore had kind of alluded to this, you're seeing this play out the way that you want to see play out, where people are having their say, they're making their points, they're using logic and expressing this. And when you do that, it's hard to dismiss the concerns of either side. It's hard to dismiss that, and so you have to take that into account when looking at what you want to put into effect. And you can't, I don't think, you can't just heavy-handedly push this forward now without taking into consideration some of those other concerns. Yeah, I think that's why. Uh, the that's motion, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think that's why the motion was made by a couple of us to say, "Hey, listen, um, you know, can you put a pause on this for a little bit, just so we can continue this discussion?" Um, it may ultimately be that the authority of the licensing board is that there will be a nip ban in the city of New Bedford. But can we can we have a can we continue this conversation and let's not hurt these business owners? by making this happen within a 90-day period. That, that to me, is one of the most unrealistic um, issues that came out of the ban, to think that you're going to turn this around that quickly, knowing that, you know, all these re- retailers do, in fact, have stockpile inventory. And then, you know, of course, the other issue is that, basically, you're not stopping people from buying nips. They're going to go one mile across the border and buy them, and bring them back into the city. So it doesn't seem to me this really needs to be a regional approach. I know that the Haven has already done it, but I'm hearing they're reconsidering that now. But it should have been a regional approach. We should have worked with the surrounding communities, you know, just to make sure that it's just not New Bedford retailers that are being penalized this way. Right. You're going to start to see every commercial property close to the border get snatched up and, you know, <laughs> potential liquor store operations. Uh, well, so. I mean, Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, somebody made a point in the meeting the other day that up here in the North End, and that's true, um, at Ball's Corner, there's a liquor store, Town Liquors. Um, you know, their front door is New Bedford, uh, but their building is in Cushman. So they're going to be, you're going to be able to stand on the front step of a New Bedford address, walk inside and buy nips. I mean, because they are a they're licensed out of a cushion. They're not licensed in New Bedford. So this is this is going to be very interesting. Mm. So I know that wasn't the only meeting that happened this week, too. There was uh, the, the meeting that uh, we talked a little bit about last week on uh, the city mitigation meeting. 
Yes, um, Councilor Giester was in attendance along with uh, Councilor Burgo and Representative Hendricks. And there were several people from um, the city uh, also representing the city of the... There were uh, several residents. Um, Councilor Giester told us that the meeting went very well. Uh, there were um, a chart boards with some of the concerns that the city has for, mitigate, for emergency mitigation. And many of the residents made some very good suggestions that, and that's what this is for. This is a listening session uh, because people know their neighborhoods and they know what issues they would be concerned about and they raise them and they'll now be taken into consideration along with all the other issues that are raised as we continue these mitigation meetings across the city in the month of October. So um, Councilor Giesta was very pleased with the uh, outcome at the meeting and the participation of the residents. And there's a whole schedule of them. Has that been sent to the radio station, Tim? Do you guys have the dates of the? If not, I'll send it to you later. Yeah, I don't think I've too. seen. I don't think I've seen that yet. Come over in the email. I did get an email with uh, some some current uh, meetings that are coming up, but I don't know if I saw that on the list. Okay, we'll send that over so that you're, you're, we appreciate your help at the radio station and letting residents know when the meeting is going to be in their neighborhood. And speaking of neighborhoods, Councillor Oliver, I want to ask you about this because we we had you on the air talking about this during the last election where there was concerns because of Tabor Mills not being a, a voting precinct anymore and that people had been counting on, you know, being able to vote there. And we were able to have early voting there, and, and it seems like it was pretty successful. Right, yes. It, it, shortly after uh, being elected, um, we, Manny DeBrito, um had reached out um, to me and um, Councilor Giesta, and we were kind of just talk, discussing what we could do um, to get voting back there. And it's a, it's a, a bigger feat than most people think it is, but um, the suggestion was made that, that hey, the city chooses what, where we do our early voting. Why can't we just make that an early voting facility? Um, so we were able to get that done. So it was that was the first time that Tabor Mills um, was a early voting facility um, and it was open to the to the general public. Anybody in the city could come in and um, early vote. I was actually there. I early voted myself um, because he's um, to vote twice, I felt Tim. that's what he's trying to do. <laughs> he, was, you're I, running unopposed. You don't have to vote twice. <laughs> I'm really testing, um, you know, the, the 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 voter rolls and stuff here. I, mean, I voted early and to see if I could sneak in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, yeah, so early voting has, has started throughout the city. Last last week we had on Saturday, I believe, we had um, at, the, at the main library, as we normally do. That was uh, about 125 early votes um, were cast then, which was pretty good. Um, and at Tabor Mills, um, there was 80 um, early votes that were cast. Um, and from my understanding, a lot of the residents um, were in attendance there, so that was good, um, but they were able to... Um, uh, more or less, even though it was open to the general public, it was kind of their own special day that they can come in and vote. Now, obviously, those folks can still vote in the, the regular election on October, on the primary election on October 3rd. Um, but for them, their precinct is really at, up at the church uh, at Holy Name, and it's a little bit of a distance for them. So most of them were able to vote yesterday at the Cable Mill Apartments. And then um, just in comparison... Um, yesterday was early voting at Hazelwood Park, and only about 35 uh, early votes were cast there. Yeah, and I think early voting in different locations is a good um, is a good suggestion, um, both on the part of the councilors and the election commissioner Manny DeBrito. 
Uh, oftentimes we hear people say that even though there is early voting at City Hall um, and downtown at the library, uh, parking downtown from time to time is difficult, especially with people with mobility issues. And so allowing it to be in a place where uh, parking is readily available toward the front door from an early voting perspective and where there aren't large crowds, people are still very concerned about that from COVID. Um, you know, people appreciate it. And I think, honestly, for the first time being at Hazelwood and at Tabor Mills, that it was a success. And hopefully we'll continue to do that. Right. I mean, we, we say all the time we want to get more people out, get more people involved, get those voter turnout numbers up. And the way to do that is to be able to bring it to the people where it works best for them. Because as we know, in New Bedford, not everybody has the transportation to get to where they need to go. So the closer you can make it, the more likely they are to come out and vote. Yep, that's very true. Yep. yep absolutely. Yep. And uh, another big topic that um, I know has been a topic of discussion with the council, and uh, we've even gotten some calls about it here on the radio, is this 99-year lease that's proposed for the Zyterian. Uh, the meeting that was going to happen this week had to get postponed. So, uh, Council President Moore, can you kind of update us on what, where that lies and, and what will happen with the, this proposed lease uh, as a result of that? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, uh, the council was on board for the meeting this week, uh, we had uh, everyone was going to be in attendance and pretty close to the end of the day this week um uh, unfortunately solicitor jakes called and said he wasn't feeling well which certainly is understandable and you know solicitor jakes and before him solicitor mcdermott have been instrumental in negotiating the lease terms with the zyterian and working through the legal document and we really needed Solicitor Jakes to be in attendance for whatever questions the city has and to also hear what the, you know, from the administration's perspective, what the, what the justification is for the terms in the lease, not just the 99-year term, but the other terms in the lease. So unfortunately, we had to postpone that meeting. And so Councilor Jeffrey is currently working with the other chairs um, who currently have meetings scheduled. October has become such a pretty much a nightmare you know you have a holiday weekend in there and in addition to that you have a cup i have a holy day you have right now uh four forums for the uh, election for candidates in which uh, the ward one and the council at larges will be involved and so when you take those dates and you take the holiday and you take the um and you take the religious holiday out there's not many days left in the calendar so Councilor Jeff is working with uh, Councilor Carney and Councilor Markey, both who have meetings scheduled, trying to figure out how they might be able to piggyback and give her a date or how we might be able to piggyback that meeting either on one of their meetings or to make it part of the City Council meeting on October 12th. But we, we recognize that it needs to be heard and passed. And it was very unfortunate that Solicitor Jakes couldn't join us. And uh, hopefully we'll get it done sooner rather than later. Can I, can I put you both on the spot and just ask you where you each stand on, on that 99-year lease? Um, so I'm, I'm not, not that's not right, but I, I, I'm not concerned about the lease. I have questions about the terms of the lease um, that are in the lease, what the what Zotarian is paying the city, what the city is responsible for. I know they can easily be asked. And I'm, I want to hear the justification for a 99-year lease. And I've been looking online and researching, and I, I don't see anything that tells me why it has to be 99 years. Um, you know, I get concerned about encumbering future elected officials to something, 
And, uh, you know, I lived with the nightmare of the George O'Hara now stopping shop lease up at the airport, which was in fact exactly that in 99 year lease. So what I really would like to do is find out why it has to be 99 years. You know, I have a, I was in the financial services industry. Most financing terms are 30, 35 years on bigger deals. You know, um, I want to know why it has to be 99 years. So I'm not opposed, but I have questions that I think it's my job to do my due diligence and ask those questions and have them answered. Mm-hmm. Councilor Oliver, your thoughts? Uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, very well said, Councilor Morad. It's, you know, when we, I mean, I don't know about you, Tim, or some of your listeners, but, you know, if they were asked to sign a 99-year lease, um, it's it's pretty intimidating, I, I would say. You know, that's a pretty big commitment. It's most likely a lifetime commitment. Um, and I'm a, I'm, I, I'm a proponent of the Z. I love the Z. I remember as a child going there very often, field trips and stuff like that. So I'm very aware of um, what it brings to the to the uh, to the city and the community, especially with the closing of the Star Store, to have another. Um, you know, culture and performing arts center um, not be here. That's not something that uh, I don't think that the city council would like to have. Um, but, you know, uh, myself and my colleagues do have questions. We want to make sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed um, before that lease goes out. And, um, you know, I I don't think that there would be a problem with the, with the lease going forward. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a, absolutely... Um, on the behalf of the council, that we, we do the due diligence um, for the people of the city and make sure that um, everything's in order, um, because the, the lease for the Z will still be in effect while pretty much all of us are gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I have another ninety-nine years in me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say I got 99 years worth of problems, but at least ain't one. Uh, so, but it sounds like it sounds like Council Oliver. Then you wouldn't be opposed to the 99 year lease in in theory. You just want to find out more about what what that entails. Uh, absolutely, you know uh, the, the the Z is uh, you know one of the heartbeats in our downtown and in our city, and we'd like to preserve that. I think the council is pretty much on board with that. I don't want to speak on behalf of my colleagues but the general consensus that i would have is that's that's what it is and i'm a supporter of it and i just want to make sure that we are you know in a position that um this is um this is just gonna you know a little bit of housekeeping make sure that like i said all the i's are dotted and the t's across yeah yeah and i just want to add i mean i want to defend the council at this point tim a little bit i know that some of my colleagues have told me there's been callers to the radio station you know pointing fingers at the council and i just I just want to say that, as I mentioned to you, Solicitor McDermott, who's been gone at least a year, um, you know, was working on the negotiation of this Z uh, lease for, uh, you know, over a year ago. And as I mentioned in a prior show segment with you, we got a lease from the administration, but we were then told that it wasn't the final lease. So, I mean, this document's like 60 pages long and, you know, give me the final document so I can review it once, not four or five times to try to figure out what you changed. And that document just came less than 10 days ago. Council Giesta finally got it. So it's not that the council is delaying this in any way, shape, or form. Um, this has been being negotiated between the management at the Z and the city, uh, the city's administration for a while now. And I'm sure that there's a reason why they kept, kept going back and forth with the terms of the, of the lease. And now it's at its next stage, but 
if this is not I, I, I don't again I'm defending the council here. I don't mean to be in that in that negative standpoint as it relates to the administration, but you do need to give the council a chance to do the process. Um, not just expect that we're going to, you know, immediately rub a stamp it and send it along. I don't think that's what people elected us to do. No, oh, fair point. And and before we let you go, uh, Council President Moran, anything that came out of last night's meeting that you you would like our listeners to know about? Um, last night's meeting was pretty quick. Uh, there were just some administrative issues, passing items that we had heard in committee to a second reading, so that they can be final action at the next meeting. The only issue that really had any debate on it, again, was the veto. And I think we've talked about that before, where the council was uh, combining offices and saving the city a substantial amount of money, reducing a staff member. And then we took the natural step after that to fix the language in the city code to reflect the way we are operating. And the administration took exception to the fact that we didn't send it to committee and debate it. Um, and really there wasn't any need to. We were fixing words and, you know, doing grammatical updates. And in addition to that, you know, we had talked about it not only with the administration as part of the pre-budget process, but also as part of the budget hearings back in uh, May and June. So, but a couple of my colleagues took exception to that. And, you know, I do too, actually. I was very disappointed to get the veto. And, you know, I to the administration even though people don't say that i do um on a pretty regular basis and i was blindsided by that there was no conversation that uh you know the mayor had any concerns with the document so but that was really the only other item that was on that had any discussion last night and um the council um agenda moved pretty pretty quickly forward and and one final question Councilor oliver before we let you go what starter jacket did you have growing up I, I had uh, two. I had two starter jackets. I had one was a Miami Dolphins jacket. I know that's not going to fare well um, with your list, some of your listeners, but I still am a Miami Dolphins fan, so it was a great week for me. Um, uh, last week and the week before, um, uh, but uh, and then the second one I uh, I did have, which wasn't the popular one, which is odd because we live right here. But I did have a Boston Celtics one as well. Oh, see, that's so, a. I watch major league sports all the time, but when the score is 70 to, not, uh, to something, don't they like call it like they do in Little League? Nope. Isn't there, like, <laughs> these, are, these are paid professionals. They can deal with it. They're professional athletes. They're professional athletes. It doesn't matter what side of the coin you are on that professional athlete. You take your lumps when you get them. <laughs> yeah, nobody was complaining when the Patriots were running up the score, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now, yeah, now, hopefully, it's the Dolphins' time to walk around and yeah. and bop some people over the head like the, the the Patriots did for so long. Well, we'll we'll see. That that goes back to just so you know, Council President Moore. That's just a little uh, in joke. We were talking about uh, old jackets the other day, so I wanted to put him on the spot and ask him which ones he had because I I was surprised. I would, I was not expecting a local team because most people did not have starter jackets of local teams back then. Yeah, yeah. that's true. No. Yep. All right. Well, I want to thank you both for joining us. Now, Council President Mora, next week you will be back with us with Councilor Pereira. Yes, Councilor Pereira and I will join you. And uh, uh, maybe it won't be as early as this morning, you know, these early, 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 early sessions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. It was only a couple minutes. It's nice to have the extra time, though, Tim. Uh, You know, when you do this segment sometime down the road again, you might consider, because time goes by so quickly, extending it a little bit. 
to allow your listeners the opportunity to hear from the council. So. Sure thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thank you both for joining us. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay dry, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Thank you for the time. Take care. That is Council President Linda Morad and Councilor Ward 3 Councilor Sean Oliver, and we will take your phone calls coming up next at 508-996-0500. And your app chat messages and your open line voicemail messages. A reminder again, too, that um, coming up on South Coast Now... In just about a half an hour, Marcus and Chris will be here and they will be welcoming in Fairhaven Select Board Chair Leon Corey to talk about the unsheltered families that are now being housed at the Seaport Inn in Marina here in Fairhaven. 15 rooms out of the 86 rooms over there are being set aside by the state for what they're terming unsheltered families. So uh, that'll be that discussion will be coming up at nine, but we can take your phone calls on that. Until then, at 508-996-0500, we'll be right back. And welcome back in. Hey, how did you sleep last night? Did you sleep well? Well, if you didn't sleep well, it's because you're probably not sleeping on a Whirly Beds mattress. But if you want to get a great night's sleep, well, hey, take advantage of the fact that it's going to be a rainy day today and probably a rainy day tomorrow. You're not going to be able to get outside and do all the things you want to do. Use that time to do a little mattress shopping. Stop by Whirly Beds Factory Outlet on Pope's Island in New Bedford and give yourself the time to try out some of their mattresses and to work with Patrick and Martha and the crew over there and try out and see what works best for you. And if you want to see how they do it, while you're over there today, they're back there five days a week, hand-sewing those mattresses. So you can check it out and see how that all works. But where else can you see that? You can't go into Sealy and Serta and all of those places and see how they work, but you can do it with a Pope's, uh, with a, uh, <laughs> with a Worthy Beds bed over on Pope's Island in New Bedford. So stop on by, try them out, Make sure that you are getting the mattress that best fits you and will get you the best night's sleep. And they know how to help you find that. It's not as easy as you think. It's not just a matter of going in there and laying down on it and saying, yep, 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 this one feels okay. There's other things to consider. How you sleep, how you move in your sleep, what problems you may have that could lead to changes in the way that you sleep. All of that factors into it. And that's why you want to talk to the team over there because they are experts in sleep and they can make sure that you are making a purchase that will be worth your money will last but also will fit every need that you need it to fit so give them a visit whirly beds factory outlet pope's island in new bedford or visit them online at whirlybeds.com all right let's go back to the phones 508-996-0500 good morning you are on wbsm good morning tim how are you good i heard you ask Linda, what jacket was you wearing many years ago? And a certain jacket came to mind that I was wearing and maybe in the late 80s, early 90s. I had a spring jacket with this name and a fall-winter one. Are you ready? Members only. I was going to say, you're going to say members only. Yes. Did you have one, too, as a youngster? No, I would never be part of any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Groucho line. I had to use it. There you go. And she mentioned about the... Plus the Dolphins scoring 70 points. The most points ever in a regular season game was 72 by the Redskins in 1966. Yeah, the, the Dolphins tied for second most all time. And the most ever was the uh, NFL championship game. The Bears scored 73, I think, in 1940, beating the Giants. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, people say that the, the games get boring when the score gets that high. I don't think so. I don't think it could ever get boring. Yeah, yeah, and the Kansas City game was just as much of a blowout, too, against the Bears. 
What there was a Super Bowl? I think the Chargers Super Bowl when the Chargers played the Cowboys was it? The no, day? they lost to the Forty Niners. It was the score was forty nine to twenty six, something like that. Yeah, and then I think that same year, or it was either the same year or the year after that, that there was this Chargers were involved in a game where they somebody scored like sixty three on them. Okay, that's or I don't know, yeah. I could be wrong, or maybe that's I don't the Chargers' know. only appearance in the Super Bowl. No, 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 but they had a regular season game okay. where there was like sixty three points or something. Either they scored it or they scored. I forget. I'd have okay, to go back yeah. and look. Now that Super Bowl, do you know they had the highest spread ever? They were favored by nineteen or twenty. The Forty ers Mm. That was the 1984 season. Well, I mean... The highest spread, even higher than the Colts over the Jets. And they covered, too. They sports, won by 23. Sports betting has become much more of a science than it was back in those days, that's for sure. That is right. And we'll see how good Miami is this week. They're playing at Buffalo. Yeah, that'll be we a good one. We'll see on that. All right, if well, thank you for the call. Football, it's oh. been 50 years for Miami. 1972-3, and three, they went it back-to-back. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about that 72 team. Yeah, I think they were better the year after when they won it that second time. Uh, just, I just remember hearing all that talk about the Dolphins uh, when the Patriots were having their their season that could have been undefeated, right? right. Not, if not they, for the Giants, uh, so great satisfaction at nobody, you know, going undefeated like them. All right, well, thank you for the call. All right, you have a good one. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim Gilly Safiola. Morning, Gilly. Well, let me bring something out here. At the end of the conversation with Linda Moran, right, she asked for you guys to give her more time so that your listeners can listen to their consulates. Didn't she? Yeah, she said it's nice when you have more time. Yeah, the listeners can listen. Well, wouldn't it be nice now you're going to, if, if she does get her away and get an hour with you, wouldn't it be nice? or the consulates who listen to your listeners so we can ask them questions? Why is it? You know what I mean? Why does she want us to be listening to our consulates, but yet she won't take any of our calls? Well, that's my decision. That's not her decision. I don't take phone calls because we have two people on the phone line, and then really? if you call in on the phone, you get a, it, it's hard to hear. But, I mean, I can invite her to come back in and take phone calls. I just haven't done that yet since I moved to the earlier time slot. I understand. I'm not saying. I know you're you're in charge of that program. I know that, but that's what that was. That's what I was going to say. Why does she have to bring a sidekick with her? You, she can come in and that's, if she wants the listeners to listen to the consulate, they, she should be listening to us. So she should take some when, time and come to herself so we can question them. When we spoke. Uh, when she became the council president, when we spoke about continuing the segment, I uh, I reached out to her and I said, do you want to continue the segment that I've been doing with Councillor Abreu uh, during his presidency? And she said, I would. I would like to continue it. She said, but one thing that I've always wanted, and she said, I brought this up to WBSM before, was I would like to have a chance to bring on all the councillors with me so that they all have a chance. Because let's face it, not every councillor gets a chance to come on and join in the conversation the rest of the time. Some counselors don't get along with some hosts. Some hosts don't want to talk to certain counselors. So she said, you know, I'd like to have the opportunity to bring some others on. And I said, that's a great idea. I love it. Let's do it. And so that's why the segment is what it is. Oh, no, I understand that. I also, I told you the other day, how come she hasn't asked Ian Ebru to go on there with her? And I think Council President, former Council President Abreu will say, you know, he's he's had a, an open door here to be able to come in whenever he wants to. Yes, he does. He does. But to, at least she should ask. She has asked everybody else on that council. She has asked everybody else but Ian Ebreu. That's what I'm trying to bring a point across. 
So that's my thing for today. Thank you, Tim. All right. Have a good one. I'll say this. If, uh, if, if council, if Councillor Abreu has an issue and he wants to have time in the morning to talk to the audience, he knows he can reach out to me anytime. And I think that part of the, the, the thing is, too, is when you do come on with Council President Morad, you also have to think, too, you're sharing that time. So it's not just you. I'm sure some of these councillors would like to come on just themselves. And they have an open door, really. I think any show here would have any councillor on. Just, you know, give us a heads up because we usually plan other things. 508-996-0500. Hold on here. Let me do that. No, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I accidentally just hung up on somebody. But let's see. We'll we'll try that. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, Tim. Good morning. How's it going? Hey, back to more important matters. There was actually a Super Bowl, right? It was late in the third quarter. The Patriots were losing 28-3. to and then they came back to win 38 to 20, uh, 34, actually, to 28. I don't think best we'll forget that anytime soon. Best Super Bowl ever. <laughs> I think uh, I think that still stings, still stings for a lot of people, especially the, the Patriots haters. But that just shows the, the type of team that they were in those days. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. But, yeah, I just wanted to stick that one to a bunch of uh, Patriots haters. But, hey, listen, have a good weekend, man. I'll talk to you on Monday. All right, take it easy. 508-996-0500. Let's hope I didn't hang up on this person by accident. Oh, no, I did. So if that was you, I apologize. You can call back 508-996-0500. Totally my fault. I, uh, I hit the wrong button when I went to go put it on hold. It happens sometimes. I am going to take my next break, though. We'll be back in just a few moments. All right, welcome back in. Hey, listen, it's a fall-type day out there, right? The fall season is upon us. Let's talk to Eric over at the butcher shop and find out what they have over there that you can cook up for this fall weather. How's it going, Eric? What's going on over there today? Hey, what's up, Tim? How you doing, man? Seems like it's a good day to uh, be cooking inside. It's raining. It's kind of crappy. You ain't lying about that. Yeah. Pot roast day. Sounds like a good one. I bet you have some... Warm up some... the house. You don't have to put the heat on yet. It's still early. Just use the oven to eat the house. That's, that's the way to do it. It doesn't count if you, if you don't actually turn on the heat and you use the oven. It doesn't count as turning on the heat yet. That's right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think it is. What are you guys cooking up over there today? Oh, dude, today's a fish day. It's Friday. A lot of fillets. Making fillets, making the fried fish. A few things. Good things have been coming out. I got octopus today. Ooh. I got nice banana bread my mother made. I got, she made, just made a fresh batch of rice pudding. You know, stuff that's comfort food warms you up a little bit because it's kind of getting chilly. This is this is the time of year for that. But also next week, it's supposed to warm up a little bit, too. We're supposed to have some nice weather. So yeah. it's still, still time for grilling. Sunday and Monday, yeah. Yeah. yeah so Sunday and Monday. Stop in and get your comfort you're food. Again outside. There's a lot of people that like to go outside with their sandals and socks. And they grill still in the winter. <laughs> That's me. I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Pure craziness. So you, you're going to come and get your comfort food for today and tomorrow, then grab your stuff to throw in the grill after that. You can get your your uh, your sirloins. You can get your uh, celebrity pork chops. You can get your tomahawks. Hey, remember the celebrity pork chops? Huh? Those things are great, man. We sell tons of those things. Oh, my God. People come in here. Pork chops, it'll change your life. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so uh, hopefully people come on by and they can uh, pick up stuff for later on when the weather's better, but they can also get stuff that's already made, nice, good comfort food to sit down and take care of themselves. Eric, I want to thank you for joining us as always and for keeping us up to date with everything that's going on over there and for all that you do to make sure that people get the things that they want and need over at the butcher shop. Thanks, bro. I appreciate that. That's cool. All right. Well, we will talk to you next week.
Yeah, I'll talk to you. Later, bro. That is Eric over at the Butcher Shop. You can go and visit it for yourself, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy everything that they have there to offer. But let me tell you, that that rice pudding he's talking about is some of the best I've ever had. But now I'm obsessed with having to go over there and get some banana bread. So that's, I heard, I even heard our intern perk up when banana bread was mentioned. So, uh Maybe maybe I'll go and get some and bring it for you as a surprise. But don't hold me to that because I always forget everything that I say on the radio right after the show is over. All right, uh, 508-996-0500. We are going to have uh, Council President Morad said she's going to call back in just a moment. So uh, we will take her call in just a moment. But let's go back over to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hi, you're on the air. Hi. Um... I was just, you know, you were saying that the, you were saying that they weren't illegal aliens. I know I'm going back to previous subject. That's okay. But I believe if you pass through one country and seek asylum in the next, it's not really asylum because you pass through other countries to get here. No, you can't seek asylum in the United States until you're in the United States. So you have, to, you have to enter the country first before you can claim asylum here. Right, but I think you have, it has to be, you can't pass through other countries, I don't believe, and then claim asylum here. Well, I, don't, I don't know if that's true. Well, I'm pretty sure it is. If you are, see, if you are, if you are fleeing the country as a refugee or as, you know, asylum, you stop in this first country. You don't just, like, pass through other countries to come here. I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the way it runs. And um, I was, you know, you were telling the other gentleman, of course, I went to work, so this was like earlier today, but, you know, saying like you didn't care about homeless people before. I think a lot of us do care about homeless people. But people people weren't standing outside of these hotels and saying, why aren't you housing homeless people, you know, six months ago? We figure that our taxes go to help these people. I would love to help these people, but I don't know what I can do, and I do care about them. But well, I, I'm I'm, I'm glad that you do, but I think a lot of people are just using them as props for their argument. I think that I've heard that they've actually kicked out people that were homeless in shelters to put in these people, which is yeah, ridiculous. a lot of those a lot of those stories have been proven false. Maybe, maybe so. The ones in but New York were like were, to to- were total lies. Yeah, what I mean, I I don't have any problem with with immigrants. Obviously, most of us are. You know, at some point, we're immigrants in our family history. Um, what do you What do you think, though, with thousands of thousands of people coming here? These states claim to side. You know, oh, we're going to be a, uh, a sanctuary city, but then when they get a few hundred people, or maybe more, whatever, they're like, oh my, all these people here. What are we going to do with them? There seems to be no plan. And what? Like, well, how do you think we're going to continue and continue? To accept more people, don't you think that is ever going to affect anything? I think it will. I won't argue that. I think there definitely needs to be a better plan. I just got to hold you there only because I have Council President Morad calling back in on the VIP line, and I had asked her to call back. So, all right, thank you so much. You have a good weekend. And uh, let's go quickly to Council President Morad. Good morning, Council President. Thank you for for uh, calling back. You wanted to call back in, but then I asked you to call back after I talked to the butcher shop. So, thank you for for that. No problem. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Tim. You know, I've been doing this with you now for 10 months. I've never called back. But uh, at this point, I just need to counter what was said uh, regarding the rotation of counselors that are coming on the show. I just want to be sure that your listeners are aware that I've offered this opportunity to all 
10 counselors. Um, three counselors have declined. Counselors Lemer and Pereira, I'm sorry, Counselors Lemer and Baptiste have continually declined my request to appear with, uh, with me on your show. And, um, you know, for their own personal reasons. And Counselor Abreu has not responded. And I have managed to make sure in the rotation that each counselor who is with me, and I, I have a tracking that I'm happy to share with you, has had equal time. And with the exception of Counselor Connie, whose schedule has been really crazy, she works very early in the morning. Everybody has, over the 10 months, had an opportunity to be with me either four or five times, Counselor Connie three times. So I'm very um, cognizant of the fact that I'm trying to give my colleagues equal time. And as I said, I have two colleagues who have chosen not to join me, and that's fine. And I have one colleague who hasn't responded. And I'm just tired of the misinformation that is coming out from that particular caller on a regular basis. So I thank you for the opportunity to allow me to counter it. And I'm sorry to take your valuable time from the callers. And I thank you for allowing me a second opportunity this morning. No, thank you for, for clarifying. And, uh, and we appreciate it. And you can call back to clarify things anytime. All right. Thank you, Tim. Have uh, a good weekend. You as well. All right. And I do, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut her off there, but I do have to take one final break. We'll be right back. All right, that's it. We are out of time for this morning, but stay tuned. South Coast Now is coming up next. Chris and Marcus have Leon Corey, the chair of the Fairhaven Select Board, joining them right at the top of the show, and they'll be discussing the unsheltered families that are now being housed at the Seaport Inn. You can learn more about that directly from Select, Select Chair Corey. Uh, also a reminder that on Sunday, I'll be taking part in the Podkawa 5K over at South Coast Health's Cancer Center here in Fairhaven. I will be walking. I will not be running. So if you want to come and walk with me, you can register now at southcoast.org. You can also make donations there as well. You can find out more about what the Podkawa 5K uh, benefits by going there or by listening to yesterday's podcast conversation with Dr. John Podkawa. And if you want to make a donation, you can do that through southcoasthealth.org, whether it be directly to the organization or if you want to sponsor me. Um, I've, I've got about $50 in donations right now, but I'm always looking for some more. And also a reminder, too, that next door to us here today, Community Connections, a great organization that helps put people with special needs out there and gets them working. They are having a bake sale today to help with their annual walk coming up in October. So if you would like to take part in that bake sale, it'll be happening today from 10 to 2 at 10 David Drown Boulevard, right across from McCarty's here in Fairhaven. So basically on the other side of our building, you'll see them 